What's up, pod listeners? It's Mark D'Amico here, reporter, analyst, and director of digital content for the Boston Celtics. And Nathan has asked me to tell you that you're about to listen to a brand new episode of the That UK Celtics podcast. So if you're ready to get into it, let's go. What is good, guys? It is your Boston Brit, and I'm back with a brand new episode of the That UK Celtics podcast. Now, today, I am on my own. I'm sure you can see a problem with that, because we've got a guy who loves to talk basketball. Now, before we get into the festivities, I am going to tell you who, who is on the pod today. Now, to be honest, I think there's only one way to describe this guy. I mean, he, he is Mr. DJ Khalid's... Uh, look-alike <laughs> he is the nba uk guru himself and one of the main reasons why i started the boston brit jeez is moon scene. how you doing thank man? you for having me sir thank you for the introduction shout out to dj carla this is birthday today uh thank you for having me on man it's, it's an honor to be uh to be on this pod you know how we do representing for the boston fans i love to see it bro um, and I'm glad that, you know, you started all of this because you're doing great things and it's, uh, it's great to see, it's great to, you know, also be able to be on this podcast now with you and, you know, talk to you and, you know, well, you love to see it because I've never met so someone who supports the team as passionately as you do in it. So, um, the fact that I could have encouraged you to start all this and to see what you create, that's dope, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it a lot. Now. It's pretty, it's, to be fair, it's, it's dope having you on. I mean, you know, you've done from, to be fair, from our first conversations we've had back when I started Boston Brit to now, I mean, like you have just completely blown up and just, you know, helped grow the game massively over here, doing your bits of Sky Sports. But we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. Because I know everyone's going to want to know, you know, what you did from day one up to now and all this kind of shebang. So but to start off with, you know, this, this, this season of the pod, well, this podcast really is trying to get guests on and to talk about, you know, how they got into basketball, you know, and just spread the love. And obviously you're a Celtics fan, which is a huge plus because, I mean, we've had some 76er fans on here. We've had, yeah. we've had some absolute rogue fans on here. So it's good. They to had have Lakers fans. No. So that is one That's thing. I will, good. I'm not going to have that. It's, it's not going to happen. So. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. But, but, but what if you get Paul Pierce on? Oh. Paul Pierce was a what, fan growing up. Paul Pierce, if you're listening right now, I, w- I will allow you to come on this podcast only because <laughs> you're a Celtics legend. But anyway, let's talk a little bit about you, Mo. So how did you get into basketball, man? Man, man, I'm feeling old right now, man. I just turned 26. <laughs> I'm feeling hella old reminiscing back over 10 years, like 15 years back. Um, your first, first, you know, my first experience with basketball was kind of, uh, on a Nintendo GameCube at a friend's house playing like NBA Jam or whatever it was called back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, just 
playing with the different players and and all those crazy dunks you could do with the combos and all that kind of thing. And then and then my friend had a, a little hoop in the garden, you know, like the mini like six foot tall ones. So obviously we were like 10 years old. We're like dunking on that, pretending to be Shaquille O'Neal, pretending to be Michael Jordan. And literally from that moment on, I just loved the game of basketball. Um, and, you know, I played a lot of sports growing up. I was, I was doing tennis, rugby, um, whatever. But basketball was just the one that I just had the most passion and the most drive for. And just, just the most ex- exciting sport in the world. Anything can happen at any time. To, to compete in basketball, you have to be an athlete at the top of your game. And I, I just think that there's nothing better. I don't think there's any sport in the world you can tell me that is better than basketball. Yeah, to be fair, I can't, I can't really argue with that. Obviously, you've been involved in basketball for, like you said, so many years now. Now, mm. what, was your, what was your first memory? Like, what is your first memory that you can think of, whether that's, you know, I'll tell you what, give me one playing, you know, what is your first memory of playing basketball? And second, you know, what is your first memory of, you know, watching basketball? What's the first, can you remember the first game you watched and what happened? And... So my first memory playing, well, not my first memory, but um, I'll give you an early memory. Yeah, vivid, of, a vivid of, memory. Of playing basketball. And it's, you know, it's, it sounds mad petty when I say this, but it's something that's really fueled me over the years. Like, so I joined a new school. And I must have been like 12, 13 at the time or whatever. And I was a hoop bro. Like I really got busy with it on the court. And no one else at the school was really like that on stuff. So, you know, at lunchtimes or whatever, I'm playing ball. At basketball practice, I'm showing out, whatever. So, you know, then the day comes where they put their team sheets on the wall. Yeah. Um, and then everyone goes to the wall to see whose name's on which team. So the football team's there, the rugby team's there, whatever. So I've gone to the wall now. Boom, I'm in year seven at this point. And I've looked at the basketball team, but I'm not on the basketball team. And everyone's looking at the list like, yo, what, what? Like, what? And then someone goes to me, oh, yo, I didn't know you play cricket. I was like, what do you mean? And then I looked at the other list for the cricket team. Brother, they had made me captain of the cricket team. I've never played cricket, bro. I never went to a cricket practice. I don't know what to do with the cricket bat. But obviously, because they saw my complexion, they thought this bread is exotic. They thought, all right, cool. Let's make him captain of the cricket team. So then, bruv, from that moment, it really became my mission to just become great at basketball. So, you know, my whole thing is just proving people wrong. And from that moment there, I just thought, you know what? These teachers who are all just, you know, no disrespect to whoever, but they're all white. And they've looked at me and said, yeah, he must be good at cricket. Cool. And now... That, that's that, isn't it? And, and look at what they created. They created a monster. So that's, that's one of my earliest ones because that really kind of, I was passionate about basketball before, but now I had that anger. You know what I mean? I had that, I'm going to be so good at basketball that you're going to regret ever even leaving me off that sheet for that stupid game in year seven. You know cricket, what I'm saying? Well, cricket's like, and, cricket, is the wor- cricket is the worst sport, man. So yeah, last yeah. time I played cricket, man, like honestly, last time I played cricket was, you know, I only played it once. And I broke my teacher's jaw by hitting yeah. the ball. And it, abs- it just dropped dropped to like a sack of spuds, mate. It was it was horrific. Like last it's, the last it's time. It's the I opposite played. of basketball. Basketball end to end exciting stuff. Cricket, you're standing in a field all day. But what, what there is a happy ending to that story. Because okay. recently some kid messaged me on Instagram. Big up to you, whoever you are. I forgot your username. I'm so sorry. That's so rude of me. But they messaged me. They were like, yo, did you go to this school? I'm like, yeah. How do you know this? They're like, oh, the PE teachers were talking about you the other day. 
They were like, yeah, Mo Mutsi used to go here, the guy from Sky Sports. So now they know. Now they know what man are on. So, so that's that. Um, and then my earliest memory watching basketball, man, I don't, I don't remember the first game I watched. But I remember just watching loads of highlights, obviously, during the day. Um, you know, I remember watching D. Wade highlights. I remember watching Amari Stoudemire, um, Michael Jordan, obviously, Kobe Bryant, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, T-Mac, all these guys. And then staying awake. I don't think I really started staying awake um, for a few years because, obviously, back then, technology was a bit crap. So, yeah. um, you know, it wasn't until the internet speed increased a little bit. It was still crap, but, you know, sneak downstairs at, like, one in the morning when everyone else is asleep and then have the, the dab dial up internet, you know, and then loading up and it's like watching pixels playing basketball because it was such bad quality uh, on some like dodgy streaming service of trying to watch the NBA. So, very sports, uh, you know, that, that's, that's that, bro. That's that, isn't it? So um, that's probably my earliest memories of watching it and, and playing it. Uh, fair enough. I mean, to be fair, like mine, I think the first, I mentioned this previously when we had an episode with, with Mark D'Amico and, and, and Josh was on. Um, you know, my first uh, memory was watching, you know, Paul Pierce talk smack to Al Harrington and then just dropping it over him. Like, f- for me, Jeez. that was, yeah, so that that solidified me being, you know, a Celtics fan, other than obviously my friend who was a Celtics fan at the time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit, right, obviously who, who you support. Now, I love the fact that you're a Boston Celtics fan. What, what made you choose the Boston Celtics? Like, what, what made you decide out of any other team that Boston was the one? Uh, my family live in Boston, so I, I didn't really get a choice with it. It was kind of just, like, my family lived there. Um, so, you know, if I'm going to the States, I'm going to Boston. So it just makes sense, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't really pick and choose a lot of things. Um, you know, it just made, it made sense. And, you know, I actually became a Celtics fan when we were trash. So now that we're kind of good, it's, it's nice. But Same, a lot of people, you know, a lot was when I became a fan. So yeah, that was so, terrible. You know, so so that's why it's mad because like my mum's the only one of her like siblings who who moved to the UK. Everyone else is over in America, but like all my cousins are that they're not even into basketball. It's just me. So <laughs> so it's funny how that works. But yeah, so my family's out in Boston. Uh, that's how I became a Celtics fan. Um, and that's why it's like my second home, you know what I'm saying? My hometown in the States, I guess, because that's where the family's at. Well, to be fair, that's, that's one thing that probably many people probably didn't know, to be fair. So you've given some people a little bit of knowledge about Mo Moonsey, you know? <laughs> but, you know, obviously growing up a Celtics fan, like you said, like both of us, you know, we, we were terrible until mm-hmm. obviously the uh, 07, 08 season where we got our chip. But stick with the memories thing now, what was your earliest memories about like the Boston Celtics like, what do you remember Antoine Walker okay <laughs> <laughs> Antoine Walker just chucking just chucking it um, you know what was my first memory my first I think the first thing was like when when Paul Pierce got stabbed and came back to play a full season that was mad I was I'm, I'm a huge hip hop fan so mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, holy shit, this guy's like the 50 cent of the NBA. You know, like, like Get Rich or Die Trying storyline yeah. is yeah, basically yeah. like the, the music equivalent of, of Paul Pierce um, with getting stabbed. So, you know, that, that might be one of the first. Um, it's kind of, it kind of all blurs into one, you know, when you think back to so long ago. It's not one that stands out, but 
But um, those were some tough times, bro. Those were some tough times. Let's not lie. Stressful. Um, but I remember how happy I was when we traded for Kevin Garnett. I remember, like, we were on holiday, family holiday, and seeing it, like, on a little TV in a Greek restaurant or something, just Kevin Garnett holding up a Celtics jersey and just getting absolutely gassed. And everyone just looking at me like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> the, fact, the, fact, the fact that you didn't actually want to come to Boston as well, you know, at the start anyway. Yeah, it's mad. It's, it was crazy. And, you know, obviously now he's retired. We, ret- well, we are retiring his jersey. It's supposed to be next season, but I believe that's going to be pushed back to the season after, which yeah. is something that 100% Mo, you know, I'm going to get his we'll, tickets and we'll we'll there. There. we're going to go out there. We'll be there. We'll be there. 100%. Right. So moving on a little bit, talk about a little bit, a little bit about yourself more in terms of your career. So from day one to now, I mean, you've gone, you know, from doing things like I'm doing, just talking about your team and talking about the NBA and things. And now you're on Sky Sports. Now talk to us a little bit about day one to now, like, because I think, you know, you can appreciate it as well. And I can, I can appreciate it now from doing the Boston Brits that, the amount of hours and the amount of effort and the grind that goes into every little thing, whether it's a graphic, whether it's a video, whether it's, you know, yeah. it could be a, a, an interview you're doing with someone like, you know, preparation and all the hours that go into it. So like talk to us about day one to now. I already told you about day one. Day one was the day they left my, te- my name off the team sheet on the, the damn clipboard that they put on the wall. Yeah. Because from that moment, I became obsessed with this game. Like, bro, I will literally, I remember when YouTube first came out. I remember when YouTube first came out and I heard about it. I watched every single, every single basketball tutorial on how to do this move, how to do real, real OGs of watching basketball tutorials on YouTube will know dreallday.com. That, that <laughs> brother who did, yeah, who did all them little videos on how to do this move, how to do that move. Yeah. And I would just study like all day, all night, or like I'd watch games and, you know, then I'd take a ball and go and try and recreate the exact same move. And I'd watch it on loop, on loop and loop until I see the footwork. And then I'm going trying to recreate it. And, you know, I was just obsessed with it. I'm looking at what teams are running, what plays are being called, what, how these guys are playing defense, et cetera, et cetera. So when people, you know, I'm 26 and doing what I do, I feel like I'm quite young to be doing all of this. But people aren't factoring in. I've been working towards this for like 15 years. That it just, it just... I didn't know then that's this is what I was going to do. Then, being 10 years old, 12 years old, I wanted to be in the NBA. I'd be playing in, in, in the park, like, in my head. You know, the ones where you're kids, you're, like, commentating. And there's five seconds left on the clock. He takes it to the corner of three. And it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was so obsessed with it. I was so delusionally obsessed that I thought I could make it. To, and obviously, I never did. I made it to a decent level, but I never went to play pro because I realized... For my ability, I can hold my hands up and be like, there's no way on earth I'm as good as these guys that are in the league. There's no way. So for my ability, what are my options? To play in Europe and like a lower division and, you know, try and get by. I just didn't see it as a feasible way to live life. I fully respect the guys that do it, but I thought that, you know, I've got these skills and these, like I've got this knowledge and these skills and all this experience. I can find another way to still be around the NBA and, you know, because that's my whole thing. I love basketball as a sport. Any league, any game, anyone in the world playing basketball, I love it. But the NBA for me is just different. There's just something about it. It's, it's where magic happens. 
like the the where amazing happens the old ad campaign mm. i just love the nba i'm obsessed with it like i'm a grown man and it's a bit mad but i'm obsessed with the nba like so so that's really what it is then when i'm like decided that i can't go and play pro you know i had conversations about going to places in europe or whatever but then i was like no look i'm gonna try try something else and so the first thing i like i, I created bare websites but it was more training focused of these are drills you can do to do this skill and these are drills you can do to do this but never you know obviously bro i was like 17 18 doing this while i was in college so i never really did it seriously never really did it properly and then you know i'm out left college gap year i did two gap years because i didn't know what i was trying to do in my life like i knew i was doing i was telling everyone i'm doing this basketball thing and they were like what is this basketball thing and i was like just wait just you will see you you will see do you know what i'm saying because yeah my whole thing is you know if you could if i could do any job in the world i'd be an nba player but obviously if i couldn't do that what would be my dream job would be to be on inside the nba to be ernie johnson or to be mike breen that's for me is the coolest job in the world so i thought you know i started thinking how can i do this so what i did was um on, on Twitter, I used to tweet about basketball all the time and girls used to say to me, like, Mo, like, what the fuck are you talking about all the time? Just who are these people you're on about and what's this hashtag? Like, you keep hashtagging bleed green. Are you an emo or something? Like, I was like, listen, bun you lot, yeah? So I just, you know, started just tweeting just about basketball. I was like, I'm talking to you lot no more. Just talking about basketball, um, tweeting about basketball all the time. And then I got a call one day from... My boy Taff, uh, he he was like in school when you when when you joined when I joined school in year seven, they paired you with a mentor, innit? Who was in like year twelve or something. So I got paired with with my brother Hutch, and his best mate was Taff. So we used to just chill, shoot hoops, whatever. Um, and he, and he gave me a call one day, and he said, "Yo, I'm in New York. Um, I'm I'm at this this thing, this business that's starting up." And uh, they're looking for writers to write about sports for their website. And I said, you do the NBA section. And I was like, bruv, I don't know what, what, what you're on about, bro. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm just out here just doing my thing. I don't know about being a writer. He's like, look, you tweet about basketball all night long. Just take all of your tweets and put them on a page. That's an article. Trust me. So I got that call. And so I did it. I wrote an article. Uh, my first one was about Jimmy Butler, actually. And um, it was for a website called Slant News. And I sent it in and it didn't do very well. I think it got like eight readers or something. No, no, no. It made me eight cents. So the, the way the site works was you get 70% of the ads on your article. So if there's an, an advert on my article, I take 70% of the money I get from that. So I made eight cents. No one read it. No one cared. And I was like, you know what now? Bun this. But then the man then were around. They were like, look, obviously you're not going to get rich off one article. You're not going to get bare readers off one. Just stick with it. So then, you know, I'm at uni now. And I'm just in uni, technically in uni, but not going to lectures, not doing the work. I'm just in my room writing articles all day. Like from the minute I wake up, the first thing I'm thinking about is what can I write about until the moment where I've written so much that I'm falling asleep at my desk. So I'm writing out articles. I'm writing out. The work rate was insane. Like, and the thing with me is I'm, I'll write so much stuff or even like video wise, I'll make so much and not release it because I want, it's like practice reps because I take the mentality of basketball. I'm not shooting a shot in a game that I haven't practiced at least 1000 times in the gym by myself. 
So same way with videos, same way with articles. I need to get those practice reps in before I come onto the court and do it. So, you know, I was just working all day, write article, write an article, write an article, nonstop, nonstop, watching games, watching film, breaking it down, researching history, researching analytics, researching all the stats. So then I just kept grinding out and, and eventually they took off, bro. And I got to a point where I had 2 million people reading my work. Mad. So from a first article that had maybe 100 people read it to 2 million people a month reading it. So that's what a lot of people don't know because they've only followed me recently. Mm. They, they don't know about, I've been, do, I've been doing this. That was what, I was what, 19, 20 at the time maybe? I don't know, six years ago now. So, you know, that's that. And then off the back of that, I started getting, you know, I started getting other companies would read my stuff and reach out to me and say, hey, can you write for us? So I had big, big companies, you know, um, I'm not going to name names because, you know, I've, I've done some pieces for people and, you know, whatever, that, that, that's separate to all of this. But big, big companies that people might not even know is me. They might have read something and a company stuck their brand on it, but it was actually me that's written it on their behalf. Yeah. And, you know, even other, other little websites and that would hire me to do their stuff. So my name was spreading, my work was spreading. And at this point, I'm thinking, why am I still in uni, like, when I could just be doing this full time? But, you know, obviously, brown parents and that made me stick with the uni thing and stick with it. And then, you know, I was, I set up my own website because I figured if I'm making so much money for these people, why not just make the money for myself? So I set up my website and... Um, you know, I really put everything I had into that and it just was a lot harder than I ever thought because I realize now why these companies have so many people running their operations. I launched the hoopgenius.com uh, for the first time when I was the day before I flew to Madrid for a preseason, uh, OKC's preseason in Spain. And while I was flying, the site crashed because it, my server space hadn't accounted for the amount of people that was going to click it. So I was like, all right, cool. Let me just take this all down. That's why, you know, there's a lot of stuff, like, like people like, why is there not on a website, bro? It's like, there's a bigger plan in motion here. I'm not even going to get into that today. But, um, you know, I thought, all right, cool. I'm not going to be able to build this whole media organization myself. I'm going to start building up me as, you know, Mo the Hoop Genius, because I can't just become complex. I can't become Bleacher Report. I can't become whatever else, you know, the athletic or whatever it is. I can't do that. I don't have the money to do that. I don't have the resources to do that. So let me focus on me being me. Um, and bro, I really put everything into it. Like, so when I say I went to preseason uh, in Spain, I went there with no money, bro. I went through three days without eating anything, but no one had any idea this is what I was on. I was yeah. really putting everything I had into trying to network and trying to make connections and trying to build and, trying to put myself in the right places. So, you know, I've lost kind of gone off on a tangent here, but <laughs> that's my story is that I could talk about it for days. There's so many different elements, but the main point of what I'm trying to get across is I put in more hours than you could humanly think is possible. I sleep like one or two hours a day. I'm obsessed on a different level. That's why a lot of people think it's easy. The amount of people that message me, oh, yo, get me a spot on your show. But uh, I've been working for this for my whole life to get to where I am now. And I've still got a lot more work to do and a lot more places to go. It's not as simple as turn up and talk about basketball. It's, it's way more to it than that. I've no. given everything I have for this. 
Yeah, because I mean, I'm not being funny. Like, I've only ever done live TV once, which was in Boston. And that is no joke. So God knows how, you know, you go out there and you're just like cool, calm and collected throughout the whole time because, <laughs> man, I was sweating when I did it. Absolutely sweating. You were, you were good though, bro. I watched it. You were good. You were I was good. Bit, I was a bit croaky. I think next time, well, to be fair, I was going to go out this year and go back on it. Um, well, this season coming, I was going to go back out, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So yeah. Next soon, year. soon bro fingers crossed but but yeah that, that's my whole thing is I, I can't tell you like the exact the, the whole journey would be so much to go through but essentially i was a writer transitioned to video stuff and now i'm here bidding but um yeah okay so let's talk about obviously you're everyone knows you from sky sports most quite a lot of people don't quite a lot of people know you previously anyway before you got into sky sports and things um the ogs and you know <laughs> the og fans uh, shout out to those guys. But Real one ones. thing I do want to ask, what's been your favorite three moments that you've, you've had working within the NBA? Also as well, throw us your top three favorite interviews because, you know, obviously you've done quite a few. You've been to a few places. Um, I know you went to the All-Star Weekend, which I was very, very jealous about. But yeah, talk, talk to us about your favorite moments and interviews. My favorite moments. Um, my, f- my first favorite moment was going on tv like the first episode of heat check yeah the first episode of heat check i went and i filmed it and i i went back linked up with amanda back in the ends and we're watching tv and i'm on the tv and everyone's just looking like yo like if if you knew where i was a few years ago you would have never thought this was possible no one thought this was no one thought I could do anything like this. Like from, I want to get too into personal life or whatever, but from where I was three, four years ago to where I am now, that was to, to see it myself. Cause I'm so busy working. I'm so busy doing things. I don't often realize it. So even with my first ever heat check, I didn't even realize it was a big deal until I was back in the ends with the man then watching TV. And then when I saw myself come up, like I knew I was on the show, but it caught me by surprise, like, ah, oh, damn, this is really me. So for me, that was, you know, that was kind of big. Um, number two, this isn't in order, by the way. This is, just, this is just what it is. Number two was like the first ever live event I did uh, was the Jordan Brand Classic with Ray Allen. That was number two on my list. Well, it's, it's whatever number on the list, but it's just the second one yeah, that came yeah. into my head. That was huge. That was like the first time I ever got booked to go and do something like that. And then number three was probably uh, my first trip with NBA 2K when I went to Athens for the Giannis uh, 2K launch. Um, Because for me, that was really life-changing because it showed me that these brands were believing in me, even though I didn't have mad followers. Like I had Matt from 2K tell me like, bro, look, we don't care about how many followers you got. We see the vision. Like that was the first time anyone had really taken a chance like like obviously jordan ran classic they took a chance on me but i was there to just do that job for them and whatever whereas for the 2k trip i wasn't working for 2k on that trip they just invited me they said make whatever content you want to make but we just want you to come along and and see it and they said to me like matt honestly i owe this guy the world because he said to me look we don't care about the numbers we don't care that you haven't got a hundred thousand followers on your, on your Instagram. We just know that you have the passion for it and the drive for it. And we know that you can be great. 
and we just want to help you. So, so for me, those three are kind of iconic in my mind of, of uh, moments in my life. And then for the top three interviews, you know, at number one is Kevin Garnett. You know, <laughs> I knew that was number coming. one, Kevin Garnett. Shout out to 2K for hooking that one up as well. Um, my other favorite interviews, Hakeem Olajuwon. I want to say shout out to Coach Hugh from the Double Clutch podcast for putting me onto that one. Um, he, he gave my details to, the, to Hakeem's people and, um, and I managed to organize the interview. So shout out to Hugh. And then the third is tough, you know, it's tough. Because there's like, there's interviews with players that are really good that I could say like Kevin Durant or whatever. But I enjoyed interviews with other people like, like John Collins. Whenever I interview him, we just, it's, it's, it's calm. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just like yeah. normal. Um, the third one, uh, I'm going to have to say Ray Allen, you know, because you see the way I was telling you about how obsessed I was. He's probably the only person I've ever met that's more obsessed with something than I am because yeah. he's retired and he was like 40 years old and he's telling me about, he's planning to run a marathon next weekend. And I'm like, brother, you're retired. Just chill. And he's like, <laughs> no, like he's, he's obsessed with what he does as well. You know, with the likes of Ray Allen, you know, many athletes are probably the same thing, you know, where they're so, it's ingrained in them that, you know, they have to meet goals and they have to, you know, they've You would be to- shocked though. You would be shocked at the amount of young players in the league that are just, not saying that they're not dedicated and not saying they don't work hard, but what I'm saying is, if they took the level of focus that Ray Allen has or the level of focus that Kobe did, how much better they could be. Like oh, they work hard, but these guys are different. I think one of the lowest points, <laughs> looking at myself, was when I was having dinner and I ordered not just a pizza, but pasta as well because I was hungry, yeah? So I've got two dishes and Ray is across from me eating a salad and I just looked at it and I was like, this is why you were in the NBA and I was not. This is the difference. <laughs> Man. I mean, to be fair, that is some that is some dope moments, and you know, we have to do we do have to give a shout out to 2K as well because obviously they they showed me a lot of love as well. And Matt and Becky, you know, they are they're great guys, and I mean, we've, we've been able to do some incredible stuff with them, and you know, they've they've kind of blessed us with a lot of stuff as well. And you know, that, I think that's the one good thing that is, there's many brands out there which will try and take you for for granted and try and use you for everything. This that is you, that this you've is got. one thing about me, yo. I only promote brands that I actually mess with proper. Mm. Like, here's the thing. If I didn't actually genuinely have the love for the game itself that I do, I wouldn't be promoting it. And also, if it wasn't such a dope team behind the scenes, I wouldn't show it so much love. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, I've had offers from other brands that have offered me stuff and offered me checks and... But if I don't genuinely believe in it, I really struggle to actually, I can't tell people I'll play this game or tell people where this brand, if I don't genuinely rock it myself, like I'd try and stay authentic with it. And that's, that's the way to be though. I think, I think that's the way, you know, that's, that's a message I suppose for, for everyone really that's that's in this game. Mate, in this game, I meet so many people and no, I'm not, I'm not hating because you've got to make your bread. You've got to make your bread. But the amount of people, influencers, whatever you want to call them, that promote something and then in private tell me, yeah, that was whack. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. I get it. Secure, secure the bag. Number one rule, secure the bag. But for me, I just try and keep it authentic. So to work with 2K 
is an honor because I've been playing 2K my whole life. Like, I love it. Like, I genuinely, if I have free time, I play 2K, not because they want me to, not because I have to make content about it, because I love the game. Yeah, definitely. And to be fair, you are, you are actually in this year's game. Yeah, yes, now, I that, am that, that was mental. Like, did you actually, okay, did you actually know that was happening? Well, I had to sign a form to, okay. to release, okay. the, you know what I mean, to swell all the details. But having said that, I signed a form ages ago, and mm. I didn't know, like, that it was actually going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because a lot of times things fall through and whatever and whatever. Um, but to actually, when I actually seen it, it, it took me like, fam, I still don't believe it's real. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, just, just for someone in the UK to be on NBA 2K anyway. And you know, like, Am I the first person from the UK to be on there? Am I the first non-American on the thing? I, I honestly, I, to be fair, I'd actually Google that because I actually think you are. I, I, I can't remember seeing any, you know, anyone else. And still Instagram don't want to give me a blue tick. Yeah. I've, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm playing, I'm playing. But yeah, no, it's an honor, bro. Honestly, I've got so much love for the team at 2K, man. Best, best organization, the best. To be fair, stay, staying with, you know, your involvement in the NBA, you know, have you got any funny stories that you can tell some of the listeners which you know you've not necessarily publicized yourself yet or like just ones which are this is not a pg podcast i'll tell you this i'm gonna tell you this you can, you i'm gonna tell you this for it. the best stories are the ones that you can't repeat okay. and that's all <laughs> i'm gonna say doesn't help the podcast there mike <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry but you know um i'm trying to i'm trying to think one funny bit is, you know, when I do an interview with KG, when he signed off and, and, you know, I, I end all my videos with get buckets and he ended it for me with get buckets, but he followed up get buckets with a bunch of swear words <laughs> and just watching his manager's face as he was screaming into the microphone. Oh my days. I was dying, bro. I was creasing me and him. As soon as I interview finished, me and him were just cracking up. You know, the ones where you're laughing so hard, you can't even stand up straight. We're just there <laughs> just to fit some laughter because his manager's face has just dropped completely. Like we've done this really nice, sensible interview. Then he's just cursed every word out of the book at the end. But that is, that, to be fair, that is KG. Like every story that I've ever heard about him, you know, like he he's is, real. He's, he's a real guy. Insane character, insane character. Like, obviously, you probably heard it as well, like the story when he was on the plane with the team um, and just, you know, absolutely murdering the rookies and then in the mm. changing room as well with the food and he's like, players eat first. Like, absolutely. He's just yeah. a complete different beast. You know what I mean? I'm so glad we're retiring his jersey, to be fair. That's, that's one yeah. thing that I, that I am excited to actually go to see. So I didn't, go to get, I didn't go to see Paul Pierce's one, unfortunately. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, you've interviewed Kevin Garnett. Massive Celtics legend. I'm not at all jealous. But one day it will happen. One day it will no, happen. You've done mad interviews, bro. You've done mad stuff. Like you were on the court in the garden. You were courtside. You were me and the players. You get players on your podcast, bro. I ain't had an NBA player on my podcast. You're saying <laughs> pace. I'm trying to catch up with you, bro. I'm trying to catch up with you. Well, to be fair, the one, the one thing I will not recommend is kissing that parquet. That was possibly the most disgusting thing I've ever done in my life. Like my actual lips touched oh, the dusty floor. Touched bam. that dust. It was not. Sh- oh, bro. I just tried. To, I just, I just did the Paul Pierce, but I did it way too. I went for it. I went full beans. I thought, you know, I'm never. I probably will not get an, an opportunity like this again. So I might as well I just respect go full it. hog. I, I respect it, hog. but I would never. I, I can't. I can't kiss the floor, bro. 
The one thing I, I regret, the one thing I regret though, is not just taking the ball and shooting. Oh, no, no, you have to. You have to get a bucket. I just stepped there. You have to. Do you want to know a secret? What's that? Whenever I go to a game or whatever, or whatever, yeah, I'll always try and stay around as long as I can. At the end, I'm just like, real quick. You know, when everyone's cleaning up and that, yeah. I'm always like to the security, oh, let me just have one shot. Most of the time they say no, but I'll always try it. I'll be like, bro, I beg, just let me take one shot real quick. Real <laughs> quick. And, and it's like a 99% no, but I think one time they let me do it and I was gassed. <laughs> well to be fair if we end up over in the garden for you know kevin garnett's retirement i'll see i'll see if we are allowed to get on the court at the end i'll see if we can that's, that's you life goals more, there. you've probably got more leads than me to be honest with you but we'll see if we can just sneak on the court at the end obviously like i said you've interviewed kevin garnett you've interviewed nba players but what i want to know and what the listeners will probably want to know is that if you could interview any celtics legend no matter who it is if you could interview any celtics legend who would you want to interview and why? And also, kind of what would you ask him? So the obvious answer here for me is Paul Pierce. You know, as we spoke about, you know, his whole idea of getting stabbed and, and coming back and being such a great player and going through everything he went through in his career. But having said that, the one that I would interview would be Bill Russell. And I wouldn't even talk to him about basketball <laughs> because Bill Russell did so much for black people in America that he, I don't know why he doesn't get more recognition for what he did for the civil rights movement. You know, he got, he, he was, I've heard that he was offered to be on the, on the stage with Martin Luther King when he did the I Have a Dream, but he said no, because he didn't want to distract any attention. That's the top so, of though, isn't it? So, so, you know, for me, Bill Russell, I just feel like his experience and he's seen everything over time. And just to get his thoughts and perspectives on the world now and what we can do to improve the world, like even outside of basketball, what can we do to improve all these issues that are still playing in society? That's kind of the angle I'd go with. I do also, on a more lighthearted note, I do want to play Rondo at Connect Four. <laughs> it's an absolute wild time at the moment. And, you know, it's, it's great that so many players are standing up. Obviously, our, our one of our own, Jalen Brown, is very vocal. And it's something which, you know, he's, he's such an intelligent guy which I think sometimes people think, af- think of athletes as not necessarily dumb, you know what I mean, but they don't have that in the bag. A lot of people disrespect athletes. Mm. And, and from being around athletes so much, I can tell you that some of the most intelligent people I've ever met in my life, bearing in mind I went to law school and met all the professors, but yeah. I've met athletes who are way more intelligent than them. But you've got to think about it like this. There's players like, I'll give you an example, Dikembe Mutombo, he went to America to become a doctor. He went to Georgetown University to study medicine. And they told him they wanted him to play basketball. Same as Festus Azili on the Golden State Warriors team. And I'm not saying being a doctor anyways, because I'm just giving an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, these guys are playing basketball. It's not to say that's the only thing they can do. Hmm. Most of these guys have got degrees. Most of these guys go on to do great things. Like just because they, people define these athletes by their job. And it's the only career athletes and maybe musicians. No one else in the world gets labeled with, no one says to you, you you're an architect and that's all you can do. You shouldn't be speaking about this. Yeah. They don't, do they? They don't say to me, you're a TV presenter. That's all you should, you shouldn't be speaking out about this. But for some reason, athletes get, you're an athlete. You should just play your sport at six. Who says like, who says sport is all they know? There's so much more to these guys than just the game that they play. 
hundred percent. It's because everyone's in a in, in, in a box. Do you know what I mean? In, in terms of like everyone sits and watches TV. People, I think people forget that the that athletes are actually actual human beings. They actually have feelings and they actually have beliefs and things that they want to get done outside of basketball, outside of their sport. You know, it's 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 mad how some of the world is quite backwards, and it's actually mad to see in twenty twenty. If I'm being honest with you, but yeah, it's crazy. Let's move on to some positivity a little bit. Now, well, when I say positivity, I mean, let's talk about the Celtics last season a little bit. Now, yeah. what, is your, what is your take? What is your take on the Celtics last season? It ain't positive if it ain't ended up in a championship. Um, here's the thing, though. Like, my whole theory is this. If the season never gets paused, we go to the finals. Minimum. Because that's when JT was breaking out. He was on that streak after All-Star. Mm. Obviously, things changed, had delayed, had the bubble, et cetera, et cetera. Didn't work out. We still got to the Econ Finals. Still beat Toronto, which was great. I love that, considering I've got so many Toronto fans that are my friends. Um, and then lost, ultimately, to Miami Heat. And, you know, that Coach Bolster just really exposed a lot of flaws in our team. And... It demonstrated to us that we need more than just one big man because, you know, Bam Adebayo was just doing absolute dirt against us. So, you know, I, I, I see it as a learning curve. I just, me, compared to everyone else, I don't have the expectations that these guys are going to win championship. Like, how old is Jason Tatum? How old is Jalen Brown? I don't think these guys are going to win. And I don't know why they keep getting the Kyries of the world, the Al Horfers, the Gordon Haywards, the Kemba Walkers. Why not build a team around these guys instead of paying all this money for the big names? Why not spread that money out on pieces that will help these guys flourish? That's my whole take on it. So for last season and this season, I ain't expect a championship. Of course, I want a championship, but I would rather see these guys grow to the best of their abilities. When we saw Kemba Walker, I was super happy. Not going to lie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. no doubt. No doubt. I'm not saying it's a bad signing. I think solely because of the guy he is, you know, and that's the kind of experience and, you know, mentality that you want Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to be around, I think. You know, yeah. they, they need to be around those types of guys to, you know, help them elevate their career and, you know, in certain aspects, but at the same time, you know, teach them the, the mentality side of it. And, yeah. Although having said that, you can get players for a lot cheaper than a max contract to, to teach them that side of things. You, you can get Tyson Chandler, pay him two mil a year yeah. and he will do the same thing. And he's won a championship. Kemba barely been to the playoffs. And I sound like I'm hating on Kemba. I'm not. I love Kemba, <laughs> but I'm just saying I wouldn't, have made that move personally ideally you know I, I would have loved to have seen a lakers celtics finals and i actually believe we would have beat the lakers now people are going to think i'm mad probably for that the fact that the lakers are now 17 tied with us that doesn't really help matters to be honest with you. they ain't tied with us they're on a, they're on 12 <laughs> yeah to be very okay yeah we'll they're, they're on 12 go go to staples center and count the banners in, in the arena no no one could tell me they're on 17 they're on 12 literally on they have 12 banners hanging they don't have 17 we have 17 we, we're, we're, running, we're running out of space to be fair because could we keep retiring jersey numbers as well we can have to have bloody banners everywhere yeah uh, but to be fair i guarantee you in 2050 everyone's going to be in the everyone's going to be wearing 90 something for the celtics because all the rest yeah. of them are going to be um given up okay greatness so a quick a quick quick game before we wrap this pod up mate and yeah. it is a you no. Know, would you rather? So it's like a quick little quick fire thing. Would you rather? So, yeah. would you rather go for a dinner with Kevin Garnett and Larry Bird, 
Yep. Or Bill Russell and Paul Pierce. Uh, KG, because it'll be super lit. <laughs> I've got to be on my best behaviour around Bill. I think, I, think, I think KG will cause a lot. Oh, yeah, you get into a lot of trouble, I think. But, as long as he covers the bar tab, we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would you rather watch an episode of the Kardashians or watch the Knicks play the Cavs? Oh, I've got to say Knicks versus Cavs. Um, but if you do watch the Kardashians, you'll probably see just as many NBA players. So it's oh, a win well. either way for me. Well, the Kardashian train's coming into Boston soon, so I ain't looking forward yeah, to that. that's why I ain't trying to watch it. I'd rather watch the Knicks and the Cavs. I <laughs> <laughs> man, he'd be upsetting Devin Booker if he does that. <laughs> um, okay, so would you rather be in lockdown with Dennis Rodman or Michael Jordan? See, lockdown with Dennis Rodman would be lit, but I don't think I'd survive. Michael Jordan, because I would come out so good at basketball because I would just every day I'd wake up and talk smack to him I'd say you can't beat me one on one and he would come and play me one on one and every day I'd get better I'd get better I'd get better <laughs> yeah I mean Dennis Rodman would be a wild ride wouldn't he to be fair Dennis Rodman I, would, I, I wouldn't survive <laughs> okay so would you rather live on the east or west coast of America now I think I know your answer for this one to be fair but no I live on the west coast you know really you think you're gonna yeah. go yeah What's you know of, what? Yeah, because of the sun, the sun, the beach. You know, bro. Like, I've lived in England long enough. <laughs> I've lived here for far too long now. I am freezing, bro. I'm sat here with a heater on. I'm cold. It's always rainy. Like, as much as I love Boston, as much as I love New York City, I need some sunshine and some palm trees in my life. I need it. I haven't had a holiday in like ten years, bro. I need it. It was like it, to be fair. There's a lockdown, but, but yeah, right. So we've got, we've got the last few, uh, last three or four. Hit me, hit me, hit me. Would you rather have the career of DJ Khaled or rather have the career of Kendrick Perkins? Um, Kendrick Perkins. Because of the Because, because I'm an NBA champion and now I'm on TV doing that. And I, I also think if I had the career of DJ Khaled, then DJ Khaled wouldn't exist. Do I want to live in a world without DJ Khaled? No. Do I want to live <laughs> in a world where I replace Kendrick Perkins? Maybe. You know, if they offered me his spot on his show, I couldn't say no to that. Well, you can, yeah, this, this is your pitch right now, to be fair. I'll send it over to them. Follow me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would you rather drink Coke or Sprite? Uh, I, I don't drink Coca-Cola, so it'd be Sprite. To be fair, that was such a rogue one. I, don't know I only drink Pepsi Max or Pepsi Max Cherry. Fair enough. I'm an Arizona iced tea man. Love that stuff. Ah, I see. I see. Hyped up though. And also yeah. with the Sprite, it can't be McDonald's Sprite because that's oh. like acid in a cup. <laughs> okay. So would you rather 10 years of conference final losses or nine years of dreadful tanking and one title? Title? Yeah. Title all day. All day. Bro, that is... Do you know what kind of emotional toll it would take on me to lose 10 conference finals in a row? I don't know if I could survive that. Because at least when you're tanking, you don't get your hopes up. But when you're in the conference finals, you've got your hopes up thinking, yeah, we're four wins away from the NBA finals. Yeah. So, well, that's, that's, that's a fair point, to be fair. Now, this is the last one. All right. Would you rather Jason Tatum... Or Ben Simmons? Oh, that's the easiest one you've said all day. <laughs> JT in the place. 
I had to put that in there just just to just to take a slide dig at the Philly fans that listen. I know yes. some of you do. So, <laughs> but anyway, guys, that is that is it. That is the end of the episode. Mo, I really really appreciate you coming on, man. I know you're a busy guy. I know you're doing a lot of things right now. And, hey, I always uh, got to make time for my peoples, bro. You know that. I always try to make time for the fam. I appreciate that, and you know, give yourself. To be fair, you do, you're the one person that doesn't probably need to plug yourself, to be fair. But if yeah. you've got anything that you're doing right now and you want to let the listeners know, you know, what, what, what are you up to? What is Mo Moonsey got in, the, uh, got in the locker coming up? I've got one request, and that's just subscribe to the YouTube. Just, just subscribe to the YouTube. Just that's all I'm saying. You will witness greatness unfold. But I obviously need the subscribers there because I can't keep releasing great content and not many people watching. I need you all subscribe and hit the bell next to it too. It will bump me up in the YouTube algorithm and help me actually get paid for spending hours and hours making videos for you guys. That would be delightful. You know, follow me on Twitter. If you love just reading loads of tweets about basketball 24 hours a day, um, Instagram, I kind of stopped using Instagram for a little bit. I need to get back on it. Mm. Um, but just follow me everywhere. You know, the vibes, bro. I'm active. Like regardless of who follows me or how many people follow me, I'm still do my thing. That's one thing about me, bro. I would do my thing. Um, but yeah, I've got a few plans in the works for some really cool projects coming on the YouTube. That's why I wanted to plug that. Uh, coming on the YouTube in 2021. And also the Twitch as well. Going to be popping on there. So just anywhere there's Hoop Genius, holler at the kid. That's what I say. That to, 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 all my Amer- to all the American listeners and everything like that, you know, where, where can they find you? Is it at the, is at the Hoop, Hoop Genius? At, it? It's youtube.com forward slash Hoop Genius twitch.tv forward slash hoop genius instagram at hoop genius twitter at hoop genius but my personal ones my personal ones if you want the un the mo is mo moots on insta and the hoop genius on twitter so i have hoop genius and the hoop genius but hoop genius is just putting links to content whereas the hoop genius is me ranting about jeff teague at four in the morning so you know if you like to follow follow well, there you go, guys. Make sure you go follow Mo on everything. Subscribe to Make sure you subscribe to this podcast as well. Shout out to the Boston Brit, the most passionate fan in the game. Make I sure you're following that. him. Make sure you subscribed and all of them good things. There I appreciate that. Really, really appreciate it. It's and yeah, good, guys. Man. It's all love. Appreciate you. And yeah, guys, that is it. Make sure you subscribe, like, and review the pod in any way you can. Like you said, it's only ever going to help me, to be honest with you. And if you want me to continue getting great guests that I have had on, um, yeah, you need, to, you need to bring the pot out there for me. So, guys, it's been your Boston Brit. Hope you enjoyed it. Peace.